we are experiencing a national moment of change. For some, it has been a singular sustained cry called out for generations and over centuries. For others, it is the first ring of a bell long unheard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your experience is, it's a time to stand up against racial injustice. We here at the Out of Practice podcast pledge to stand up and support equality and justice. Please join us in raising our voices to support reforming our policing and judicial system. Participate in a peaceful protest. Support an organization committed to fighting for equality. Speak up and speak out. But most importantly, vote. Not only in the big national races, but in your local elections and primaries. Your voice matters and your vote counts. Black Lives Matter. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host. Keep learning. And Mike Indeglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it. Ready to lose two hours of your life listening to two white guys talk. My wife this week said we had a platform. I told her it was more like mm, us standing on four popsicle sticks. <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, going week by week through David E. Kelly's award winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to Season 4, Episode 9, entitled Bay of Pigs. This is Out of Practice, Episode 70. How's it going, Mike? It's going pretty good. I'm happy to report that in the last week, we've sort of, it seems like we've sort of edited out the small but loud, violent undertone of the protests and made way for some of the most dramatic and beautiful gatherings and protests and demonstrations across the country they've been inspiring to me i can only imagine uh, that that has echoed hopefully throughout the country i think it clearly has and it's been a crazy week i mean i think we had uh probably the most dramatic and upsetting 45 minutes of at least our our own government's behavior within my lifetime um with uh, obviously the split screen of the church photo op with tear gassing and rubber bulleting peaceful protesters. So that was certainly a moment where I think as a nation, we said, oh, fuck. Yeah. But, uh, but as you mentioned, I think the um, it really has transitioned into this really beautiful, positive time where people are finally speaking up and speaking out. And it's I have... Uh, really started to feel not hopeful, but I guess hopeful. 
Yeah, just listening to like I we had talked about last week, a lot of the youth speak and a lot of the passionate voices. And then even in sort of my little circle, and I don't I don't even mean this in jest, my wife, who has always been very progressive and very active socially, you know, we both have gotten sort of in our little bubble over the past few years as we've been married and kind of building a life. And just in the past 48 hours, I've seen her uh, start volunteering on a political phone bank to start calling mm. for local elections and, and local leaders that she supports. And just, and then even people in our sort of smaller theatrical community starting to pull out receipts and calling out racial injustice in yeah. our small yeah. industry. And that, that trickle-down effect in various other industries, I think a lot of people have opened their eyes not to just racial injustice, which I think has always been something that most of us are aware of, but opening their eyes to how they've been complacent. And in that complacency- Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in, in yeah. that complacency, sharing some complicity. complicity. And, and that's- Self-awareness is where everything starts, man. And I yeah. think people are waking up, and hopefully that waking up speaks, uh, translates into speaking up and acting up, because it's it's that time. No, it, it really is. And I think um, I can certainly cop to being the well-intentioned white guy kind of doing the bare minimum. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, just... Uh, wanting, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, again, like well-intentioned, truly, but, you know, voting isn't always enough. Um, but I'll say that yesterday uh, we went to, uh, Jillian and I, we went to a Black Lives Matter protest here in Cape May, New Jersey, the tiny little white uh, town, and it was really beautiful. It was a, it was a much bigger crowd than I expected. It was hundred percent peaceful and there was it was families um and uh, it was it was really really nice and inspiring really the the police were very cooperative the police uh, uh chief spoke and uh, it was it, it definitely felt like there was some forward momentum for change and it was organized by the NAACP which uh I last night I was like what does it cost to join it's like Nothing. It's, it's like nominal. $30. So I I was going to say I'm now a card-carrying member of the NAACP, but I'm definitely not going to be because I screwed up my address when typing it in. I'm out of the porch like, I'm going to do this. And, I, you know, I'd, I'd had a cocktail. And I'm like, I could spit out my address back. I'm like, oh, God, what happened? So, And I'm not going to be bothering them about an address change right now. Look, and, and, you know, maybe you can't donate or maybe you don't want to go to a, a demonstration or a march because of the public health crisis or whatever yeah. reason. I'll say this, at least for us, Keith, and for myself, what I've decided to do, you know, to raise above that bare minimum, often I find myself being tacit in conversation with family and friends politically yeah. because you just want to keep the peace. But I'm ed trying to educate myself onto how to have conversations and engage in political commentary because if we just let the media be the gatekeeper of what the news is and what the the dialogue is, then we're forfeiting so much. And yeah. a lot of times in thinking we're just keeping the peace and keeping Thanksgiving uh, cordial by keeping our mouths shut, maybe we're missing an opportunity to spread awareness about oh, absolutely. 
and and like these the you're much more able to elicit change face to face and at a at a human personal level and uh yeah it's time to you know when somebody makes that underhanded con- you know there that uh, that comment under their breath it's time to call it out it's time to to speak up and if it you know look if he gets a you know fuck you go burn in hell all right so fine but you but you did it. You were intolerant of intolerance. And I think that is, it is time to do that. We understand people are really busy and also are catching up on our backlog and might not be up to date with our running commentary of... of The apocalypse? <laughs> the apocalypse, and uh, I guess we'll just call it pop culture, <laughs> current events, if you will. So we are leaving that dialogue open as we said last week we want to hear what you have to say as listeners on this topic uh, any topic really write us in out of practice podcast at gmail.com i'll continue to leave that link in the show notes but we also know you're coming here for that hot the practice 1999 <laughs> and for <laughs> gossip hot goss so we are we are going to continue our exploration our journey if you will keith Uh, Mm -hmm. through the entire catalog of David E. Kelly's The Practice, not missing a week, not missing an episode, and chronicling as the world has demanded. (laughs) Yes, the world... Nobody demanded (laughs) this. But whether or not it is asked for, (laughs) we are going to put it out into the internet, starting with... Starting with our old friend Linda at LRM Entertainment, who commented on last week's episode, saying this was one of my favorite episodes of The Practice, uh, which is uh, talking about Committed, the episode we just dropped last week. Uh, I would love to hear uh, what about that episode particular appeals to you. I mean, it was a great episode, don't get me wrong, but it's, it is, I found that interesting that that was the one that, that stuck out. Uh, we also have Your Honor, that verdict was scrap. The truth was concealed, it must be revealed, and now it's appealed, 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 appealed. We have heard from good friend, old friend Phoenix Cage with an appeal for last week's oopsies, uh, in which we gave Lindsay the most valuable lawyer. And he says Hey, it's Phoenix again. I had some thoughts on your award for best lawyer. Lindsay did a fine job, especially given the personal circumstances that she had to overcome. But was she better than her opposition? Uh Uh-oh. Imagine you were on the jury, and you were asked how you would feel if you let him go. And then he killed a sixth person. Could you vote to release him? Even though we don't put much effort into rehabilitating people, I know how much someone can change in 20 years, so I probably would. As would I, probably. I mean, as I said last week, like, it is not our job to prognosticate. It is our job to hold out justice. So I do think Lindsay was on the right side. But given how the case was presented, I know that I wouldn't... 
have been able to convince 11 other jurors to do the same. However, based on the ending of the script, Lindsay still won, right? Mm-hmm. So that must mean she was the best lawyer, right? Except the true ending was that the ADA, Gavin Bullock, was so convincing that he actually talked the parolee himself into believing that he shouldn't be released. Walter Ahrens already tried for three years and failed to get paroled twice, but that didn't dissuade him. Now, the argument of the ADA was so compelling that it caused him to lock himself back up. Now, if that doesn't win you a best lawyer, then I don't know what can. Mike, you were saying yourself that there was no way he was going to be set free. But then as soon as you heard the unlikely verdict to release, you had no problem giving the best lawyer to the quote-unquote winner. I think you gentlemen may need to evaluate your bias, not only for an arbitrary verdict, but also for whether the lawyer was being played by a regular cast member. Decades from now, I would hate to see future historians call into question the integrity of such elite awards as the oopsies. (laughs) Well, thank you first. Let's begin by thank you for acknowledging the importance of the oopsies. Oh, true. The profound importance. And their contribution to the, the social conversation, I think, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that said, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think Phoenix has a really good point. He raises some great points. Now, I, now we know, first of all, speaking of biases, we know that Phoenix, as a whole, has a general disagreement with us, thinks we're a little too results-oriented in, yes. our, in our voting. So that definitely is uh, highlighted here. I think he brings up some great points, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some counterpoints just to make us feel better, Keith, because as you know, regardless of the value of Phoenix's opinion and the credibility of his objections, we can't change our votes. Once the, as they, with prejudice, as it's written in law, once the Instagram goes up, (laughs) the voting is closed. Yes. But I'll say this. I just want to use a couple of Phoenix's points, uh, to highlight our points. Oh. We've, we've already clarified that we are not presented the entire case. We are seeing highlights of the case as it was presented to the jury and not necessarily the best highlights. So though I did say there's no way they let him go and Phoenix says, I don't know that I could convince another 11 jurors. They were convinced, uh, seemingly unanimously, and... Um. Practically, they'd have to be. Right. So we have to assume then that Lindsay's, the rest of Lindsay's case was pretty damn convincing as well. And I, I think you're right there. Uh, however, as the writer in the in the room, uh, usually if you're going to show it on TV, you probably want it to be the best point. That's not what we're, that we're trying. We're living in the universe of the, we're living in the universe of the show right now. We can't, we can't bring in the metaverse yet. <laughs> no, Al- that's true. Also, I will say this to just to counteract. Look, he's very right that the ADA was so convincing that he made he made the perp lock himself up again. But in doing so, you could argue, and not that this has stopped any of them before, you could argue that he was so convincing, or that his argument was so something that he was so something that he that he didn't 
benefit society by locking the guy up again. He made the guy commit another crime. Well, yes, although I would say that is also results-based. You're saying that that he, he lost it based on a result out of his control. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's I think it's a good point. I do acknowledge uh the bias towards our cast members and yes. the, the bias towards results. And in our to our credit, we did struggle for like at least eleven seconds with this <laughs> with this vote. I mean, also to be fair, when we get to the oopsies, oh, we've been over. talking for over two hours, <laughs> and we are ready for a sandwich. Local <laughs> Keith and Nappy Mike were are real. Are not we at the. Were, oh my goodness! All right, excellent, excellent. Yes, thank point. you. Uh, yeah, if you would uh, like Mike mentioned before, if you'd like to reach out to us and chime in, out of practice podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at out of practice podcast. And please, uh, guys, join the jury. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I've got a bumper here. It's all lined up. It's been very lonely. I know there are more people listening Mm -hmm. than have left reviews. Not a lot, but more. (laughs) I'll say it again. Jen said, hey, you know, you you have a platform. You have to be honest with your listeners. And I was like, well, we need to define platform. We (laughs) anybody can scream into the Internet. People have to be listening. So show us you're listening. (laughs) <laughs> Join the conversation. Yeah, it, it it helps it helps us grow. It adds more of our amazing voices that are not us to the podcast. But now it is time to hop back into the time machine and ask ourselves what were we doing this day in the basement. We're talking about November twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. What was going on, Mike? Now, Keith, we're both of us are coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday uh, back in 1999. We're probably home visiting from college. But I would like, I formally request to the floor to co-opt this segment to right a wrong. Oh, I I am, I, I'm, I'm not sure this is allowed, but I'm intrigued about what right needs to be wronged. I mean, no. what wrong needs to be righted? Well, Keith, we do a, a couple of true or false questions. True or false, we do a podcast about the practice that takes place in and around 1999. We do, true. True or false, in the past few weeks, we've both professed our enduring love of Dylan McDermott. True. How did we miss this? Three weeks ago, back in time, what were we doing in the basement? Hopefully watching the following. I'm going to play the audio. Uh, you can find it on the internet. Dylan McDermott, November 6th, 1999, hosting Saturday Night Live. Holy crap. And I figured, why not jump in the time machine and listen to Dylan's monologue and see if he was funny. You're welcome, buddy. You know, hosting Saturday Night Live means a lot to me because I have an unusual connection to the show. You see, my father, Mac McDermott, used to run a bar in Greenwich Village called Jimmy Days. And when I was 13, he, uh, he put me to work as a busboy. And this is, this is a true story. I actually got to bus tables for the original Saturday Night Live cast. I mean, I was so starstruck. John Belushi used to come in, and he would always order a ham omelet with tons of ketchup. 
And one time I asked him, I said, John, why, why do you put so much ketchup on your eggs? And he said, oh, God, he was so great. I'll never forget this. He said, shut up, you little Irish puke. <laughs> that was a good thing, too. Uh, and then he choked me, and then, and then Ackroyd started choking me. I mean, can you believe it? The Blues Brothers choked me. God, those guys were great. Hey, Don, can I talk to you for a second? Horatio yeah, sure. Sands. Hey, everybody, Horatio Sands. Yeah, they know who I am. Uh, look, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I was just wondering if uh, you were going to talk about the weird connection you and I have. What's that? You know, our movie, the movie we made together five years ago. The remake to Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. What, what, what part did you play? I was um, the orderly. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't remember you at all. I'm sorry, man. We did a scene together. Uh, Beth, could you please roll that tape? You want to know something, mister? I don't believe it. This guy ain't dangerous. He may be off his rails a little bit, but he ain't no thug. Oh my God, and if he wants to call himself Santa Claus, then God bless him. Way to go. Ah. Great extra work. That's an under five. That's a Wow. You know, I barely recognize you. You really put on some pounds since then, huh? <laughs> Be cool, man. I've had glandular troubles. Well, you know, Horatio, I'm really sorry, but I don't remember you. Well, maybe that's because I was the orderly. What I really wanted to play was Santa Claus. Remember? I kept saying, hey, you should let me audition for Santa Claus. I'd be a great Santa Claus. <laughs> could you please stop saying Santa Claus? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to prove to you that I could have done a better job than, than, than Richard Attenborough. Here, sit on my lap. What? Yeah, no. come on. Come. Sit on my lap. Come on. Now. So Horatio Sands is putting on a Santa hat, and I guess Dylan's going to sit on his lap, Keith. Please, come on. I can't believe it. So Dylan is playing the straight man in his own monologue. <laughs> now tell me, little one, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, nothing, thank you. I don't believe in you, Santa Claus. Well, I believe in you, and I believe you'll have a great show. Well, really, because right now I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I think I can feel your glandular problem. Oh, Dylan. You know why I know you'll be a great host? Why? Because of your kindness. I can see it in your eyes. You know what? You are a convincing Santa. Simply put, thank you. Okay, now, I'll tell you what I want for Christmas. I want to have a great show. I want Foo Fighters to be here. Hey! Be right back, so stick Foo Fighters. Fight that Foo. All right, so Dylan McDermott, Saturday Night Live. That's what we were doing this day in the basement, November of 1999. All right, well, good catch. I'm, I, I can't believe we, uh, we didn't catch that. I can. And now... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. We, again, are talking about November 28th, 1999. Don't worry. 
Number one song continued to be smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. This is a live, badly shot from a cell phone version of it. Because <laughs> we strive for variety, even if it's bad. The top movie was Toy Story 2, yeah. which took in $57 million. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about Vermont delegates delivering victories in Washington. For the record, the uh, delegates in from Vermont at that point were Bernie Sanders in Congress, Jim Jeffords, and Pat Leahy as senators. Pat Leahy's still there and has served since 1975. Thank you, Santana. And now, it's time, it's time, it's time. It's time for sports. Sports, sports. The Giants lost to the Cardinals at home 34-24. Kerry Collins was outdueled by Jake Plummer and ex-Giant disaster Dave Brown. The Eagles lost to the Washington racist names in overtime 20-17. Donovan McNabb threw two touchdowns to Luther Broughton in the loss. Keith, you know, current event sports, this week we've got we've been getting lots of live uh, soccer slash football on the ESPN, and next week, Thursday through Sunday, they will be televising the first major PGA tournament uh, with no fans but with a full roster of stars playing golf. So the sports world is slowly dipping their toe back into the let's-get-things-started-again movement. Yeah, no, I could not be more excited about hockey coming back. My Boston Bruins, who, uh, completely apropos of nothing, I really appreciated both Zidane Ochar and Patrice Bergeron uh, releasing great statements, making donations, and marching this week. Means nothing to anybody here, but I'm excited about it. I'm going to tell you what I'm not excited about. Weather. Everyone gets excited about the weather, Keith. It's one of the Can things that affects all of us. <sighs> Equally with non-discrimination. Weather treats us all the same. Was it no, the weather is snow? interesting and relevant if it's weather. now and in the future, From but not. Years ago. Exactly. One of our founding sponsors who give us money, Keith, says the weather is of the utmost importance, and so I agree heartedly. <laughs> that is true. He gets a bigger say because he gives us money. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's how we work. Capitalism on Sunday, November 28th, 1999. It was 50 degrees in the zip code of 11105, getting all the way up to 51 degrees, getting down to 34 degrees, just two degrees above freezing. But it was sunny as heck. Not a cloud in the sky like I wish all of our futures. And that is your time. Machine weather. And I have to say... uh, this new bumper I built here, I think is really appropriate for right after the weather segment. I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn episode! This episode is... Oh, excuse me, I went to puberty for a second there. <laughs> This uh, episode is Season 4, Episode 9, Bay of Pigs. It was written by David E. Kelly alone this time, and directed by Oz Scott, who last directed Trench Work. Which leaves us with only one question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? 
What does Mike think's gonna happen? Now, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, pop quiz. Can you give a quick few-sentence history lesson on the Bay of Pigs scandal? I can indeed. Uh, it was a a failed invasion in 1961 of Cuba uh, by a whole bunch of uh, Cuban exiles and other people, but it was financed secretly by the CIA. It went terribly wrong and uh, really fucked up our uh, relationship with Cuba for the next forever. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't go well. So my guess is that in one of the cases, there's, I think, that type of uh, a secret plot that is exposed is what is going to be the focus of our A story, uh, which is weird because <laughs> what we get on the previously on this week is two seemingly not related things. One of them being the Jimmy Berludi, Judge Roberta Kittleson relationship they replay uh their seemingly their seeming uh reconciliation they show her showing up naked and saying this is how i tell a man i miss him and so i think we're going to revisit that this week something with their relationship and mm -hmm. also we see the tete-a-tete between helen gamble and richard uh bay. richard bay the quote-unquote twerp and so I don't know how all three of those things coalesce, but I know that what the pieces I think are going to be in play. I think that Richard, Twerp and Helen are going to come to a head this week. I think that uh, Miss Kittleson, uh, uh, Roberta Kittleson and Jimmy are going to rekindle their relationship. And I think that a secret plot is going to be exposed. Okay, well, that's general enough that it could be right. <laughs> <laughs> after this important, see how it all congeals after this important episode, episode ad. Season four, episode nine, Bay of Pigs. Oink, oink. How long do you think? Three, four days tops. There aren't many witnesses. Louise going to testify? Well, she has to. It's her word against her husband's. If I don't put her up... Eleanor's got that square collar, Keith. I know you love it. Twerp's here. What? People don't greet people here when they come through the door? Uh, usually Here's they're just... What do you want? How's that? Eleanor. Our complaining witness isn't doing well. He's at Mass General Status 1 awaiting a donor heart. Evidently, the doctors don't expect his to hold out much longer. What I'd like is to take his videotape depot there. We can introduce it at trial. I'm assuming you'll agree? You got that wrong. I beg your pardon? If you can't get your witness to trial, Richard, that's not our problem. The man is on his deathbed. For which I sympathize, but the man is also the chief prosecutorial witness, and you can't expect us to make it easier for him to put our client away. I'm expecting you to have the decency to accommodate We're him. not that decent. I'll go to court, get an order from the judge. Do that. But I'm not about to facilitate an attempted murder conviction. I'm only talking about a humane way of getting the testimony. This does nothing to my burden. We won't agree. Get an order if you want, but like Eleanor says, we aren't about to make things easy. He's gonna take this well. I do like the extra animosity, especially from Eugene after some of that bullshit that got pulled last time. Yeah, for sure. 
How stupid of me to expect you people to be decent or humane. Oops. You think you're heroes playing a part in the criminal justice system, the crusaders against oppression. Well, you might have started out that way, but look at you now. The day-to-day -day stench of your clients has rubbed off. You're every bit as vile and contaminated as the murderers and rapists you defend. You bring wow. no dignity to law. You proffer disgrace where you might once have been noble. You've, you've sunk into a sinkhole of disrepute where your only idealism is get the guy off, even when it offends human nature, where it insults morality. You're so lost in the inferno of crime and dishonor, you become sickening animals, repugnant to everything that's good about this country, everything this nation celebrates in the spirit of humanity. You are sick awful vehicles of hate. If there is a God, he will get you, you sleazy, cancerous, infected, malignant, grotesque snakes. I bet he got that all wow. in one take. <laughs> he did. Oh my goodness, David E. Kelly can write a hell of a monologue. Low-cal twerp apparently showed up to the episode this week. That was high-cal. Oh, he was fired up, that's for sure. He was fired up. That, that was... Amazing, both in the writing and the performance. Okay, Apropos so... Apropos basically nothing, but amazing. So basically, what he was saying is that the client that they are defending is in the hospital waiting for a... Or is it the victim is waiting for a heart transplant, so they want to take his deposition in the hospital. Right, the victim is and the only witness to the crime. And our our heroes say, hell no, not that's not going to happen. Right, because if he dies... They don't have a witness for the case, and it probably gets thrown out. You're going to die an early death if you don't calm down. They get to me. They're defense attorneys. They have a duty. The man is on his deathbed, man. Helen. They can't agree to take his testimony in a hospital. They're disgusting, despicable, dirty roaches. Richard. And they get to me. Look, just go to court and get the order. Who's the judge? <laughs> Kittleson. I hate her, too. And oh, boy. That? Because... Worlds collide! Raymond Dawes called me a midget at sidebar. She could have held him in contempt. He was the defendant. She couldn't Then she half called me a midget, too. Kittleson. It was a slip. She said midge, then caught the herself. The Napoleonic complex I hate her is, too. is a trope, Richard, you're but about he's ready so to great at attempted it. murder trial. If you yeah, go in there hating perfect. the defense attorneys, hating the judge, you're going to end up being defeated by your own anger. Now, go to court, get the order to do the video depot, and take it from there. Defeated by your own anger coming from someone who murders really someone on murders the people. Time, Jimmy. <laughs> no problem. It's really rich. You look great, by the way. Did I say that? All right. Twice. Lady that Jimmy thinks looks great. That's inappropriate. I was just going to say lady who Jimmy inappropriately complimented. Actually, I guess that, it's not inappropriate per se. Well, we're going to get a little context to make it slightly less inappropriate. Uh, this is Christine Tucci who is indeed the younger sister of Stanley Tucci. You can see her in Six Feet Under, Boston Legal as a different character, MDs, and Chicago Hope. The Tucci twofer. And uh, your husband? How's he? Gone. We divorced three years ago. Oh. Sorry to hear that. Are you? You said you were sorry to hear we were getting married. Now you're sorry he's gone? I was just talking as an old boyfriend back then. I mean, Exposition! if you're not sorry he's gone, then neither am I. Okay. So, what's up? I love talking and having like a regular conversation, well, uh, but bringing up our relationship together out of nowhere. But um, You know, Mike, you like the time me. that we talked on the tour of Titanic okay. in mm -hmm. 2003. Ah, uh, we were both single then, Keith. Ah, uh, yes, we were 
single guys who knew each other in a social manner. So are you still with that? Okay. I think we've, I already, we've already destroyed this, this joke. For $9,000. What do you mean you sold your eggs? My eggs for reproduction. I have a website and I sell my eggs. I have back orders. You wouldn't believe how many men are looking to have children, not wanting to wait for wives. Wait a second. You sell your eggs and they like fertilize them? Yes. I mean, Jimmy, even in 1999, this wasn't like appalling. Men donate to sperm banks all the time. It's the same thing. But you do it for money. Yes, and this one... It should be stated it is not the same thing. It's much more invasive to have your eggs Vastly more invasive, yes. ...customer. I trusted him. I usually demand payment in advance, but... And compensation is vastly higher for... As it should be. Yes. One customer I didn't, and he hasn't paid. I'm just saying it's false equivalency. But now, as we're about to go into court, there's some motion to dismiss, and my lawyer dropped me. He said for $9,000 it wasn't worth it. The hearing's at 11. I'm really in a bind. Is there anybody who has ever been on the show that hasn't been an old friend or a relative whose lawyer dropped him that morning? Yeah, it seems like... Constantly. That doesn't... Does that happen a lot? I can't imagine that it does. I mean, I don't know. But it... uh, The the percentage of old friends, relatives is extraordinary. And the percentage of people whose lawyers dropped them hours before the hearing or whatever. I will say this. My mom was sued by... Well, my mom was sued by an individual. Uh, The suit lasted over 12 years. And a lot of that was because the attorney for the individual kept dropping the case, uh, as it turned out, because it was very weak uh, and they just weren't going to get any money out of it. So they kept <clears throat> resigning or whatever. She, he, she, The person had to keep getting new lawyers. But mm. every time that happened, there was always like months of delay before the next hearing could be because they gave them plentiful time, her plentiful time to find a new attorney. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the judge wouldn't say like, all right, let's let's reconvene in a month. But, of course, it's television, and Jimmy need to get a case from his ex-girlfriend, Stat. Stat. That B-roll is out of focus. If he's focus. not ready for trial, I'll agree to a continuance. Oh, how generous. In which case, my witness will be dead, and I'll have no case. Hey, why don't Fan. we continue for 10 years? Would that be safe? Mr. Bay, getting snide doesn't really serve anything. <laughs> she wants continuance as installed, Gittleson. Judge. Quiet. What exactly is the problem with the videotaped deposition? It will prejudice our case. How so? Your Honor, if I have to cross-examine a man in a hospital bed, I will come off so unsympathetic. I will alienate the jury. It will be irreparable. I'll look like a monster. You are a monster. Hey, look. Mr. Bay. So what's the alternative? If we haul him in here, he could die. All I can say is that my client is entitled to a fair trial, and she will be denied that if the chief prosecutorial witness has to give testimony from a hospital bed, leaving me hamstrung. I'm going to grant the prosecution's request. Your Honor, Save I- it, counsel. Your client tried to run the man over. That is partly the reason he's in that hospital bed. Untrue. Pre-existing heart condition. Brought on by stress, which your client didn't help by charging him with a sport utility vehicle. <laughs> now, since Great the jury read. is already impaneled, let's do this at noon. I will referee. Thank you, Your Honor. It doesn't really delay the trial. It just means that part of it will happen in the hospital. Is it me, or did they sort of change his character a little bit? He was feisty in the other episodes, but a little more comedic. And now he seems 
filled with a lot more vitriol. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's, I mean, I'll talk about this later, but he's a really interesting character that is sort of replacing the end of the scene or end of the episode monologue about like, why are we doing this? This is the right thing. You actually have a, a person personifying that. Um, but I don't feel like he's vastly different than he was. People are treating him a little bit more seriously now. That's true. And let's not forget that he made that weird pass at Helen last week. He sure did. This can't wait till he's better? She seems well, familiar. the likelihood is yes. he's not going to get better. Not unless it's done Lady that Mike finds familiar! I know she's somebody, but I also feel like she's been on the show before. Am I incorrect? You are incorrect about having her been on the show before, but you've seen her in a lot of things, including Transparent Mystic River Wishmaster, the mini project, Big Love King of Queens, Chips, and Barnaby Jones. That is that classical training, y'all. I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> Even then, because of some other I'm so, complications. I'm sure they're so proud. Somebody in one was like, yes, our work finally paid off. I was that sick, I never would have had to run him over. That's Jenny O'Hara. Yeah, Jenny O'Hara, yes. It's a joke. Yeah. Well, we should get to the hospital. Assuming we finish, the trial will begin this afternoon. Okay. A contract's a contract. First of all, there is an implied covenant that the egg, once fertilized, will become an embryo. There is no such implied Second, covenant. Second, this contract is against public policy. For a woman to be selling her eggs, it is so unethical. Well, your client bought them. I am not defending that. But he took them. Judge West Entered is into back. a contract to pay for them, and now he's not paying. How ethical is that? Your Honor, this is an unenforceable contract. The lawyer then make Jimmy restitution. My Hunt. client would give back the eggs if he could. He realizes now how immoral this type of transaction is. To pay money in consideration would only serve to ratify the immorality. Who are you kidding? Your Honor, they made a deal. I understand that, Mr. Baluti, but the court That's is Frank not Bernie, in the habit as Judge of enforcing West. contracts that go against public policy. Again, restitution. You're not looking for restitution, counsel. You're looking for consideration. And that begs the question of enforceability. And frankly, I have problems upholding this kind of deal. Your Honor. I'll hear oral arguments at 2 o'clock. Although, since we're just talking about $9,000, my suggestion is you people work this out. Yeah, it's got to we'll be costing them more than that just to do this We'll trial. take six. No way. Six. I didn't even get an embryo out of it. That wasn't in the contract, Mr. Emerson. I'll offer 1500 and no more. Anything else, I just as soon come back to court. Then we go back to court. Susan. No, Jimmy, it's principle. I'm glad there were no pregnancies. I'd hate to think of my offspring being raised by you. Come on. That oh. dude who wants some eggs is played by Bill Applebaum. For the record. Can you represent me one more day, Jimmy? Also Susan. known as Sam I Am. Getting me some embryo eggs. My God. I'm going to have to edit that out just because <laughs> it's you doing fucking this? terrible. Selling your no, eggs. No, you know. Wait, pause it for a second. Because you. Uh, right before we started, I was like, Mike. I didn't sleep well. I'm kind of sleepy and, and, and like not going to be good today. And you're like, I'm fired up. I got your back. I'm going to, I will carry the load on this episode. Well, unfortunately, that guy didn't carry the load. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any better? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, oh. I guess I shouldn't have put all my eggs in one basket. Oh, no. It's hard making ends meet, Jimmy. My life hasn't exactly worked out like I planned. Could you I should say please? that 
although I feel fired up, I did an eight miler yesterday and it was 92 degrees and 80% humidity. So chances are good that I'm on the brink of some sort of heart attack. <laughs> good chance. Well, eight miles, good. You stop judging me. I'm not judging. You are, like you used to do. I never. You did. I don't need it now. That seems to be in Jimmy's character that he's a little judgy. Can you help me or not? Well, we're definitely doing the Jimmy starts conservative and learns something episode trope. Although he clearly doesn't have a, a type because she's I told her I wanted very a different than Judge Kittleson. What were you fighting about? Oh, you name it. Aesthetic. We basically reached the point. We didn't like each other. The marriage was over. There was nothing left but hate. I'd like to turn to August 10th of this year. Should we year. run it here? Yeah, let's do it. Guy who looks like really old Brian Dennehy. <laughs> yes, the Brian Dennehy, the uh, the dollar store Brian Dennehy <laughs> is played by Dion Anderson from Shawshank Redemption, Gilmore Girls, Townies, and thank God he was in Deep Space Nine. He played Zolan in the episode Cardassians. And I have been talking this long and I can't find the bumper, so just take my word for it, Star Trek. Hashtag Dollar Store Dennehy. You remember <laughs> that day? Yes. That was the day she tried to kill me. Objection? Sustained. What happened on that day, Mr. Morgan? Well, we just got back from grocery shopping, which, by the way, I was a little suspicious. She never asked me to go shopping with her before, but on this day, she needs me. And when we got home, the garage door opener, it wasn't working. So she said... I should have to get out of the car and, and open the door. You hmm. offered to do it. Mrs. Morgan, you don't speak here. Continue, sir. Your judge so I got out don't of the car, play. stepped in front of it to open mm. the garage door. I opened the garage door, and at this point, she just gunned the accelerator and ran me over. It's a miracle I lived. God didn't want you. That's the only reason. Louise? Mrs. Morgan. <laughs> One second. You're not Your really helping yourself, lady. This will be played for the jury. They will see and hear everything you say. So be quiet. All right. Did you see the vehicle come at you? Yes. And I saw her face. Can you describe her face? She had a look of determination. It was There's willful. interesting directing. I can see this was no stuck there. accelerator. While uh, Eleanor was talking uh, to the defendant, we saw him in the background out of focus like take a sip of water and like continue the motion there which i thought was a really interesting choice and then you had the sound designer even though he put down the cup out of focus added a sound of him sort of wobbling the cup and i thought that was an interesting little detail and of storytelling coming from sound design i also love the casting here he's so off the cuff and so natural that it really is a cool juxtaposition to sometimes a little bit of staginess you see from these sort of under fives or well, guest stars. Hashtag maybe not Dollar Store Dennehy. Mm-hmm. She knew what she was doing. How Dollar can you be General sure? maybe or I've TJ Maxx. I've known Max. her for 35 years. <laughs> I can read her face. She meant to run me over. Your wife contends it was an accident. It was no accident. She tried to kill me. I know it as well as she does. A lot of silence there. How sick is this man? Very. His heart is weak. His left ventricle I'll is I'll kill him. Good. All right. Your Honor, every defendant is entitled to confront his... 
I was so afraid that doctor was not going to get a line. I thought he was just there to stand in the frame. I'm he was a he... full-on extra. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is or her accuser. Gee, I never knew that. You're such a gift. My point is, if I cross-examine him tough, which I'll have to do after that testimony, I'll kill him. You're not that good, Eleanor. Would you get back? He didn't seem that nat, close to death, swat. to be honest. Oh, right. I want that on record. Your Honor, you have to admit our hands are a little tied. The doctor thinks he's strong enough to answer your questions. I am not going to lob softballs. This is a murder trial. You can cross-examine without being overly aggressive. I shouldn't have to. My client has rights. I'll stop with the lectures. I have a duty to go hard. Even if it induces a coronary, I have to protect... Keith, I'd like to say this. Mm. And I would get that bumper ready. Okay, I I'm ready. also I have a duty to go hard. She's gonna, plan, she, she's gonna plan. She's gonna plan I am not trying <laughs> to compromise this man's health, Zing. but I won't compromise Louise Morgan's either. That testimony was damaging. So what are you gonna do? I love that in the span of fifty-two minutes, we go from a social justice PSA to we're gonna plan Diem. <laughs> Get away! Don't you ever push me hey, back hey, off! Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna let you intimidate me with everybody else off here. Okay, why are we hitting each other? Because we haven't had a scuffle, a physical scuffle in a few episodes. We sure haven't. David E. Kelly's obsessed with them. And you know Eugene, he sniffs out any chance he gets to get a little physical. Jen's watching Eugene, <laughs> Steve Smith, uh, not Steve Smith. Steve Harris. Steve Harris. Steve Smith, completely different individual. Steve Harris in Friday Night Lights right now, loving it. Oh, is he in, Is he on Friday Night Lights? Yeah. I forget the oh, character cool. name, but it's great because every once in a while, I'm not watching it with her. She's watching it with her new fancy headphones. And she, uh, she'll stop her computer and look over me and go, I love you, Gene. <laughs> Can this man withstand more questioning? Perhaps, but I don't want him agitated. You mean like him? Oh, funny. Eugene? And he needs to rest first. Okay, we will resume back here at 3 o'clock. Wheelchair to admitting? What am I going to do? You got to cross him, Eleanor. His health can't be an issue. You got a plan like D, baby. Said, we got to protect Louise. Great. So she's saying it was just an accident that she drove the car into him? Yeah. Which, I, there are Look, a lot of cases like over. this. I'm fine. Look, Richard, if you pushed Eugene, that tells me you have some judgment problems. He'd squish you like a bug. That's I can handle myself. Why are you personalizing this so much? Is it because Bobby called you a pipsqueak? Oh, it's pipsqueak, not They laughed not at us when twerp. Raymond Oz went free. No, they didn't. They did, Helen. That old fart was a murderer, and they helped him get off. Now they've got another one, and they know it. The woman mowed down her husband. Who's kidding who? They're defense attorneys. Most of their clients will be guilty. There's a difference between giving every defendant a zealous defense and distorting the system. That's not what the framers had in mind. If you the start quoting the founding fathers again, I'm going to leave. You know what I mean. Eleanor, she'll cross-examine that guy into having a heart attack if a coronary will keep his testimony out. She won't blink half an eye. She'll just do it. They're not evil people. Yes, they are. Richard, for three years, I've been telling you what would happen if you personalize your trials. What did I say? I'll shoot you. Hair. You're a great DA, but you got to keep an even keel. Helen, can I ask you something? Have you ever killed a police officer or sent them into their own slaughter? 
Well, no. Well, that was that was Bobby's fault because he warned the people, the police were coming. She killed Tuco, <laughs> and she also killed the the fake nun killer. Right. Will you have dinner with me tonight? What? Oh, God, no. Nice. Just Baby forget I ever Kelly. lived. Get out. I didn't mean. I just meant I don't. I don't ever want to eat with any fellow DA. Is it? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's my favorite. No, sure. Turn let, down. Let's have dinner. Let's do it. Don't patronize me, Helen. I don't like. Richard, you. I am saying yes. You've got a window here. Federal and state law prohibit the sale of any organs. We're not talking about. Now that is quite the obstacle of a date. You're like, all right, I, I like really like this girl. I gotta get her to, to dig me. Okay, she, she basically, I basically had to twist her arm to get her to this to this dinner. Now, what do I have to do to? I, and th I mean, this is like such a such a TV trope, and I, I, it, it is distasteful to talk about people's appearances, but like, this is a male fantasy <laughs> to have him go out on a date with her. No, I mean, I've dated up, and I sure as hell married up, so... Well, clearly. So, you know, it, you can be charming and funny, and and somehow... Uh, you know what? I'm going to stop talking. And, <laughs> of which Bay is neither. The same principle applies. The law doesn't say that. But maybe it should. Just as we prohibit the sale of livers and organs... We could do that, Judge, but then you'd have to cut off the sale of sperm. That's going on. I would agree. We should shut that down. You know, it, it's one thing to donate Was an egg or semen out of charity or altruism, but it's quite another eggs. to like, do I so just, for profit. Does anybody, I don't think anybody He's gives a here. shit about that anymore. Do you ever donate sperm, Keith? I have not. I tried. Did you? She sure did. Uh, what What do they pay? Uh, it pays pretty good, but I am too short. Oh, no. They only wanted people like 5'10 and above at the two banks I went to. So I ended oh, up yikes. just donating plasma very, very, very often. It was a uh, dark time. Not dark, just a trying time in my life. <clears throat> that was Arguing what the law should dehydrated be. time in your life. That's not a court's job. The judge is supposed to rule on what the law is. He wants it changed, let him go to Congress. But what the law says today, it's okay for a woman to sell her eggs. And this distinction between altruism and profit... Forgive my language, that's just crap. Profit saves lives. The drug companies aren't out there developing vaccines because of altruism. It's about patents and profit. This isn't about drug vaccines. It shouldn't be about hypocrisy either. Everything that happens in business and much of the stuff that goes on in medicine, it's got to do with money. So don't be coming down on my client because she's looking for financial gain. She's acting inside the boundaries of the law. She made a contract with that man inside the boundaries. He breached it. And she's come to a court of law for the remedy she's entitled to. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. How long before Jimmy's become rules? a very good lawyer. Shouldn't take too long. I'm on beeper, so as soon as I hear. I'm on beeper. Hey. Thank you, Jimmy. I really appreciate it. Okay. I hope Judge Kittleson doesn't find these two being so... Flirty flirts. You don't approve, do you? No. Speaking of dating up, she does. I uh, hope it didn't show in there, but she's given she's given him the vibes. I don't think women should be selling off their reproductive eggs. 
I think it goes <laughs> against God. Eggs, as opposed to their other eggs. Still religious, huh? Not too, but on some things. So it's cool for your mom to be gay, but but it becomes uncool if she wants to sell her eggs off. I, I, apparently, this is this is like a Jimmy is always the voice for the conservatives, but it just never sticks. As to your point, Keith, and maybe the audience can help us out. Uh, I've never tried to donate my eggs. I'm not a woman. I I don't know that universe very well. So it very well might still be an issue these days. It doesn't seem to be. It seems like it's a much... It, this feels like one of those cases where, you know, much of what we the show shows us, we've made a point to highlight that, unfortunately, not much has changed when it comes yeah. to justice in the past 20-some years. This feels like one of those cases where it's a little anachronistic. So uh, show us that we're wrong. Tell me that I'm wrong. It's I'd like to learn. Yeah, for sure. You seen anyone? Whoa! Well... Uh, yeah, there is this nude sort of. judge. Yeah. <laughs> Figures. Most of the good ones are. Susan. You and I... We already crossed that bridge. You threw me over. Wow. I was what? <laughs> 23? <laughs> Priorities change. That was a long time ago. You gonna get married? Yeah, I definitely don't want to be judged by serious. my 23-year-old self. Too long, Jimmy. Yeah. Listen, I'll call as soon as I hear. The score tells me that there's okay. more to this story, Keith. Thanks. Jimmy might be a little bit more interested than he's letting on. Yeah, that's uh, that's mixed feelings in the pants music. You said you were suspicious when pant your wife flute. asked you to go shopping. Not to be confused <laughs> with the pan flute. With her before? <laughs> Oh, a few times, but certainly not enough. So you had then, when you said never, that was We're a mistake. We're back with Target Denny. More like an overstatement. It was just not ah! the usual thing for me to shop with her. And when you got home, you got out of the car to open up the garage door. Yes. And then you moved in front of the car? Yes. And how many feet in front of the car were you standing? Three feet, maybe. Three feet. And when you opened up the garage door, the car suddenly came at you? Yes. Fast or slow? It just sprang at me. It lurched forward and ran me over. How many seconds did it take to run you over? A second, maybe less. It just exploded toward me. She floored it. She floored it? Could you see the floorboard of the car? Of course not, but the way that car sprang forward, she had to have just gunned it. Knocked you down in less than a second? Yes. In half a second? Maybe. And in that half second, you saw the car come at you? Yes. And in the remainder of that half second, when you weren't looking at the car, you saw your wife's face? I saw it good. For less than a half a second? I didn't time it, but I saw it good. You said you wanted to divorce her, right? Yes didn't have any feelings for her anymore besides hate. Wasn't that your testimony? Pretty much. And since you've developed this heart condition, you've been gifting away as much of your estate as possible. You've even told friends that, right, Mr. Morgan? Keep it away from Uncle Sam. And your wife, didn't you tell some friends you don't want her to get it? So? In fact, like the one that. thing you hated about the prospect of divorce was that she'd get half, right? Which she didn't deserve. But if you could get her convicted of attempted murder, that would surely disqualify her, wouldn't it? This isn't something I hatched up. It's exactly that. Uh, objection! Sustained. 
When the police and the paramedics first arrived, you said nothing about her trying to kill you, did you, Mr. Morgan? I first didn't believe it. Didn't tell the police anything about her face then, did you? I was half dead. And then it came to you like a million-dollar brainstorm? Objection! Sustained. This is a way of getting even, isn't it, Mr. Morgan? Get her convicted of attempted murder? Argumentative counsel. Disqualified. Now, hold on. Nothing Eleanor is doing here is rem feels to me remotely out of control. No, it's I, well, I, aggressive, I, yes, but not out of control. And well, they had this whole conversation about how this was exactly what she was going to do and about how he was healthy f enough for it. So why right. are they getting on her like she's badgering him? I mean, she's just being a lawyer. I mean, I, I think it was to emphasize the medical risk. Qualifying her from everything. Yes, I ran myself over. This was an accident and ruled an accident until you came up with the idea about the expression on her face, which you thought of later based on a glimpse of less than half a second. She's badgering the witness. No, I'm cross-examining. How is it that you didn't know she tried to kill you right after the accident, but that you came to know it later, sir? What happened since the accident? I figured it out. Well, what happened since the accident that allowed you to figure it I out? I put two and two together. Ah, so it wasn't the expression on her face. Yes, it was. Did hate color your figuring, sir? Did money color it? Ah, he's Cody. Oh, great. Let's get out of the way. Let's go to the staff. Oh, no. Mr. Morgan, this could be a In a plot twist that isn't a twist at all, that everyone saw coming. That they told us was coming about 16 different times. You know, I thought he did a really good job, but that death scene was like free on the on the sidewalk, Dennehy. Ladies and gentlemen, do you hear that? Do you hear the body count? The body count has gone up! We welcome Eleanor to the... Out of Practice Podcast Murderers Club. Uh, should I say it or should you? Eleanor's got a killer cross. Dun 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 dun. Mm, pow. That was despicably. Very big dick. She played Dino. Maybe we should call it the Out of Practice Podcast Murderers Row. You know, nod to the old Yankees lineup. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even for you. What the hell was that? The squeeze of the hand. I have a list. Chance. What the hell was that? Shut up, both of you. He's in a sister league. Continue CPR. I'm giving an ample by car. How long, sister? Last Eppy. Commercial time, but he's probably dead. That makes for a better plot. He has to be dead. Is he okay? Now, can they show that Not to really, the jury? Because that's going to be a hard one to win after dead? that. His heart gave out. Yeah. I'd offer condolences if I thought any of you cared. Judgy doctor. She's doing her job. You killed him. Nineties pull in on their shocked faces. Dead? Camera's That's doing a better said. job. Eleanor, cross-examine a man to have death. Right to have right. any right So what's going to happen with the trial? They don't know. They're conferencing in Kittleson's chambers. If his testimony is out, the trial is over. He was the whole case. Remember, they're also in the show? Ben. I'm mindful every ethicist, as well as the leaders of all our it's infertility groups, vent disgust at the prospect of peddling eggs for cash. But Mr. Baluti is right. The law prohibits selling human organs. Excellent but there's point. nothing illegal yet about trafficking sperm and Ooh. eggs. I find the contract to be binding and order the defendant to pay costs 
plus interest. Whoa. Adjourned. Jimmy! Good job. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. Where does I go? I guess. Look, oh, I know it's no. not much money, but the principal. <laughs> Susan, if you're talking about this case, I tell people it was about money. Saying it's about principle. You're selling your eggs. What? So? Fuck off, Jimmy. Can I talk to you in private somewhere? Know why we broke up, Jimmy? Because you're it's a judgy douchebag? It's because you were always putting me down. Who were that? You were always finding fault. Oh, come on, I didn't you put you down, You were always telling Susan. me that what I was doing do wrong with... and never letting me talk. You Learn don't like lesson, the idea Jenny. of a woman selling her eggs. You don't like the idea of a woman having an abortion. You got a lot of likes or dislikes that you're entitled to, but none of them render you more principled. You want to know what principle is, Jimmy? Yeah. Why don't you tell me? It's recognizing responsibility. Principle is duty to your children, making sure that they are fed and educated with a decent home, and you Fine. don't have the tell slightest idea what that is. Tell your kids how you pay the rent. You're like is. a prostitute, Susan. Jesus, Jimmy. What did you just say to me? How was that even remotely the same thing? It makes it's completely incomprehensible logic there, Jimmy. Well, you know what the wise Paul Abdul once said in regards to Jimmy Berluti? Two steps forward, you take two steps back. And then they come together because opposites track. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, wait, this just in, that had nothing to do with Jimmy Berluti and was more about an anthropomorphized uh, cartoon cat. So I, 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 oh, 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 I oh. apologize. I thought it was part of the show. When you go to work every day, and you come into this room with your clients. Do you call them murderers to their faces? Thieves, child molesters? Only if I, I dated it. them. You quite likely show them more respect than that. Me, you call a prostitute. I do like, though, however... It's better here with his mom too, though. Both time, the times that Jimmy gets dressed down, it's usually by women, and I think that that has something to say in its own right. Yeah, and I think it's well, like this. Her point of view here is very well written. Yeah, I should keep talking over it. Great. You tell me, Jimmy, why was it you were always so much harder on me than the rest of the world? I'd really like to know what it was oh, that made you even me have to the ask brunt that of your anger. I, never... I loved you. That's why. Do you still? The hell, how I does that make know. it better, though? This other woman? Based on everything we know about this, I. She keeps, like, being interested, and I don't know why. Well. Thank you again for your services. You obviously turned out to be quite a good lawyer. 
I'm sorry I disappoint you. We also haven't explored his relationship with Kittleson outside of sex very much. Just a little bit. We've hinted at some feelings, but not a lot. No, and mostly right. with mostly Roberta's feelings towards him. We haven't heard a lot how he feels towards her emotionally. That's true. You saw it yourself. She all but murdered him. What? You're lucky I like you, Eleanor. I'm lucky any you other like district me? District Settle district. down. I'm sick of these scream fests. One Me could too. make the we argument she deliberately tried to induce a fatal heart attack to eliminate a chief prosecutorial witness. One could, but he'd be a tiny little fool. Hey! All right, now I am warning both of you. Your Honor, obviously Mr. Morgan's testimony has to be excluded. Why? Our client has to have full opportunity for cross-examination. We were cut short. Bogus. I'm sorry. If ever a witness were fully cross-examined, she killed him. Mr. Bay, so... I knew they would try this. I knew it. Oh, what? Do you have crystal balls? If only you had real... Oh, right. He kicked me. He Did just, you see that? He, he just kicked me. That just cost you $500. The next insult goes for a thousand. Your Honor. Yes. People Can don't you... kick each other. That's crazy. Wait, hold on. Can a judge arbitrarily just fine you? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, judges are powerful. Damn, Kittle, son. Even if you find we were afforded full opportunity for cross-examination, what happened? The man had a heart attack. The danger of Miss Frutt coming off unsympathetic, it's too prejudicial. Stomp. I didn't say anything. I didn't kick anybody. With all due respect, he has clearly lost his mind. With all due respect, that just cost you $1,000. May I speak? You may speak. Do not kick. Do not stomp. Do not even move your legs. <laughs> even if you were inclined to exclude Mr. Morgan's testimony on the grounds their cross was cut short, a decision which would border on judicial misconduct, we could nevertheless still introduce Mr. Morgan's statement that his wife Louise tried to kill him. Why? How? As Mr. Morgan was suffering his fatal coronary, I asked him that question. He answered yes, an answer which would qualify as a dying declaration which need not be subject nice. to cross-examination in order to be admissible. Is that why you did that? Asked him to squeeze the doctor's hand, and you're calling me despicable? Counsel. These attacks are outrageous. He's stroking out, and he asks a question to qualify a dying declaration, and it's the defense attorneys that are called scum? Your Honor. Well, let's not get indignant, Eleanor. I mean, you're not a murderer, but it's not far from it. Your scum no, should cost her $2,000. Well, let me know when it costs yeah, 20 you vile, disgusting, repulsive little cockroach. You are a So... <laughs> Make it rain! A desperate you person, Eleanor. You grab a dying hey, man to go for the big win, and then you would call, call, go to Cabo, huh? Hey! Hey, he kicked her again! What the hell is with- Yeah, they're all in jail. And they're in jail. <laughs> Why do you hate me so? Oh my god. So, Why do I hate- Okay, so, a couple of things. One, why is David E. Kelly obsessed with people hitting each other? It's it's an Ally McBeal thing. It should stay on Ally McBeal. It's it, like, it's a little sitcom-y and takes me out of the story and silly. Now, that said, this is now the fifth time Eleanor has been locked up on the practice. She went in for contempt twice, drug possession, obstruction and concealing evidence, first degree murder, and now fighting with Bay. Now, I don't want to get I don't want to like get lost here, but get too in the weeds, but Eugene didn't say anything to anybody. Why is he in lockup? 
He did not. He's going to explain it. And for the record, it's is Eugene's third time. You, First Richard, for you're the one who client, starts contempt, it. I'm just standing now, up for right. myself. You guys right. are the ones who are All right. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> you're here to keep them from killing each other. I am editing the videotape deposition personally. I will admit those parts where I feel you have had ample cross. We go to court tomorrow and we will try the rest of it. Any of this nonsense goes on in my courtroom, I will be sending you to the bar with my recommendation for a 60-day suspension. This coming from the woman who made a man drop his pants and show his penis to the jury uh, whilst duct taped his mouth shut. Uh, you're conflating those two. Penis guy did not have his, his, uh, it was Judge Swackheim who duct taped multiple (laughs) clients. It's very hard to keep track, Keith. Well, there are are also two times that we've shown a jury a penis. Once in in chambers and once in open court. Yes. All right. Well, you know, we have our tropes. And those are different penises. (laughs) Different peni. Different judges. Let them out. Good. I have a date. With Helen Gamble. <laughs> Which Eleanor probably knows about, right? Because they're roommates. Moment of Did you love her? I used to. And some of those feelings came back? I don't know. It's like... I realize... I looked at her like maybe she could have been the mother of my children. So I held her up to higher standards. And it made me think, when I see Roberta, I don't look at her that way. As the mother of my kids, or... She's got no eggs left to sell. That ain't funny. He's right. But there is some truth to it, Jimmy. Yes, I do have... You want a family one day. Maybe you don't see that with Roberta, but you can see it with Susan. Susan's not in the picture. I'm not? Damn. She's... Keeps trying, Susan. Am I really out of the picture? I'm not sure why. Uh, let's have this. What, this is another chance for us all to have a very personal conversation with all my coworkers just staring at us. Well, look, uh, Mike, we're paying all of our series regulars their full fee for this episode, and thus far they've been in about thirty seconds. So we, you know, we, I don't want to pay them all that money to have them sit in their trailer. Do you think Marla Sokolov kept that weird prop of like her like call switcher board that she like hangs around her neck like a purse? Uh, that's a good question. We we could ask her. I will Instagram her. We're very close friends. That's true. All piano. You you think? That's the I still love you piano, Keith. You want it sure to? Is. I eight. Mumbles when he's smitten. Lucy. Lucy. I still love her. I want Lucy to communicate to my wife my all my loving feelings. How about I take you to dinner? Hmm. Need a love translator? Well, before I do anything like that, I got some ends I gotta clean up with somebody else. Damn. That's on the up and up at least. Yeah. Him and Roberta I, I was exclusive? reading. Uh, speak, speaking of translating from from Jen, I was reading her comments. Who uh, who did think it was Brian Dennehy at first, and she liked the zygote joke. This is why we're married. She enjoyed the zygote. So I'm assuming yoke. they'll put their client up, and then we'll Boo. pretty much close. I mean, it's a short trial. 
Great. We're a shell of and our former selves. Helen, she did know we finally cross-examine a man with a weak heart. I don't want to hear about it anymore. You used up your whole date talking about a case, Richard. Does that mean I'm not getting another one? Well, I can't say I had the greatest time, considering all through dinner you slammed my roommate. Oh, you should have heard the way that she went after this. You party. kicked her twice. He invited you himself in. Run at Eugene. Would you have some sort of a death wish? <laughs> Maybe. What? Tell me. Get real with us. Part of me, I think I do want to get into a fight, a fist fight. You ever bothered to ask yourself why? I was captain of the debate team growing up, uh, president of the chess club, three-time state spelling bee champion. But out of the playground, I, I just got picked on. I would love to get into a fight. I love this development for Bay here. Well, I think you should see somebody about that. But in the meantime, if you are going to take runs, taking one at Eugene is not I think there's hundreds of thousands of people who have been there, Keith, that are... Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd better go work on my closing argument. Can we go out one more time? I promise not to slam roommates. Another chance? No! That's a pretty aggressive. You know, talk about two steps forward, two, two steps back. We get this great moment with Bay, but also I'm reminded like he has borderline assaulted two women in this episode. So he, she gave him zero signals. In fact, she basically said this was a bad date, and then he still yeah. took a chance just to kind of kiss her. Like, and like grabbed her face and kissed her. Now, in a decent bit of directing she didn't try to pull away she kissed him back i'm about to see what her response is so i'm not going to say he assaulted her but that was like it's like he's he is towing a line right now that ice is thin i go for you the whole package what the hell's that mean i go for you keith oh whole kit and caboodle I'm going to forcibly kiss you now. <laughs> Keith, you remember the one time we rehearsed that kiss for that play we did together and they shut the rehearsal down? Oh, right. Yeah. They like, locked it was like... us in. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, that was. Uh... I, 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 well, look, I, I will tell you, you are the first man I've ever kissed. You... And it was not pleasant. You were not. You are not the first, but you're definitely the hairiest. <laughs> That's true. Well, that that was I. Some, Why uh, wouldn't the garage? Click this little girl asked me because I was doing another, uh, doing another musical where I I had to kiss a guy, and she was like maybe eleven. She's like, "What's it like to kiss a guy?" And I'm like, "Kind of like a girl, but with Weird. stubble." Yeah. And the stubble is really the surprising part. That was I was not prepared for that. Everything else, I'm like, "Yeah, I get it," but stubble, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. There it is. That's yeah. what it's like to kiss a guy, guys work i don't know maybe the batteries were too low it often didn't work so 
Your husband opened the garage door. And I went to inch forward and the car lurched. I went for the brakes and I hit the accelerator by mistake and I ran right over Ronald. It was an accident. Of course it was an accident. Well, Mrs. Morgan, it has become... I don't like the term run, run over because it it's not very descriptive. Like, did he run all tires over him? Did you run over his foot? Did you run over his whole body? It's hard. Did you just hit him with the car? It, it It's not very detailed. Well, yeah. And like they're saying he was, she was only three feet away between the... So did she, the the car actually go over him or is that... But, you know, and I feel like if I were Eleanor here, I would get really specific about... Because it, we're just throwing out this run over thing all the time as if like the car went all the way over him. Dick-a-gung, yeah, I'm known to many people they're going into the garage. that you and your husband had become very estranged. Many husbands and wives become estranged. That doesn't mean that they try to kill each other. The ones who do, we that usually see them charged age. with attempted murder. No. Objection. Exactly the same, though. Mrs. Morgan, you said you hit the accelerator to inch forward when the car just suddenly lurched. Yes. Your husband was, what, two, three feet in front of you? Yes. Why was your foot hitting the accelerator at all with a man standing two to three feet in front of the car? Because I was inching. Inching into a lurch. Objection. Sustained. You ever have the car checked out? Yes. Did they find any cause why it would lurch? No. Did you sue the automaker? Did I sue the automaker? Yes. A a car lurches, causing you to run over your husband? I, I think you'd find that annoying. Objection. Withdrawn. Do you still drive this car? Yes. After what happened? Aren't you afraid it'll happen again? The main error was human error when I hit the accelerator hard going for the brake. She hit the accelerator hard going for the brake with a man she hated standing two feet in front of the car. He dies, she inherits everything. They divorce, she gets half. None of us were there. Who are we to say it couldn't have been an accident? None of us has ever had a car lurch. None of Wait, us has ever inadvertently into... hit the accelerator. We'll go... It's closing time. Time, time to, to put, put your, your case to bed. Thought you tricked us, David. It's you didn't. Now to make the case shut, Ms. Eleanor Frutt. Going for the break? None of us has ever driven a car over somebody we hated and inherited $2 million. You listen to the testimony of the, the victim. ADA, he saw Richard her ben. face. He read that face, a face that he had been reading for over 30 years. She was gunning for him. She was trying to kill him. A face he saw for a fraction of a fraction of a second. That's their case, ladies and gentlemen. A look for a fraction of a fraction of a second while a car is coming at you. How reliable is that? Are you going to tell me reasonable doubt can be overcome by a fraction of a fraction of a second? Those are your favorite kinds of clothes, Keats. Oh my God, I can't speak. Hey, what's Closings, this I hear Keith, about you brokering eggs on the forth. internet? Mm, that's true. I do like that. Now, now we'll dissect the episode later, but this is what I've been hoping for the whole time. So now Jimmy's, I guess, ostensibly going to break up with Roberta. Is it closing time for Jimmy and Kittleson? 
but here's the thing. Here's the big question to David E. Kelly's metaverse. Mm. We flirted in the past with potentially making Kittleson go rogue and be like psycho killer lady. We then right, right. Pulled, fatal attraction Kittleson. We then decided that we liked her on the show too much, so we pulled her into just like strong woman Kittleson so she could win right. some Emmys. Right. But here's the window. We can transition back here. That's true. David, what do you want to do? Funny. Is that Betsy Ross or the Queen of England on a giant framed picture on the wall? It could be Susan B. Anthony. I'm She's wearing a crown, no? How's it going? What's wrong? Is that a bonnet? Nothing's wrong. It's a bonnet. Just stop by. Oh, I can always tell when something's the matter with you, Jimmy. Your forehead beats up. Well, this is kind of hard for me to say. Well, why don't you just say it? Okay. I like a lot of things about our relationship, but there's some stuff I find wanting. Wow. You find wanting? What do you find wanting, Jimmy? Well, I want to have a family one day. Soon. And I think I'm just kidding myself, thinking that you and I could go that way. Mm. He's just saying she's too old, then? Think so? You came in here to end our relationship? Well, yes. I'm 37. I gotta take stock of what I We're am. Older than oh, I'm going. shit. That ruined my Sunday. control of my life's direction. Fuck me. You think you know yourself? Well, to be fair, Jimmy Berlitti is now 58 years old, I guess. That's true, but... You know, all of these characters feel like they're older than us. Yeah, right. Watching them on television, and they're like in places of authority. And uh, nope, we're older than all y'all. So he had, <laughs> was a partner in a law firm at thirty. Oh man, we have a podcast. Yeah, that's got to count for something. Not not a lot. Two people donate. <laughs> <laughs> Two amazing people. Two amazing people, and we're really appreciative. I'm just, I'm kidding. I, I love. Everything. I don't have a bumper for existential crisis. You don't but... know yourself. <laughs> I know you, Jimmy. And trust me when I tell you, you'll be coming back. Damn. Might take two months. Maybe three. But you'll be back. You want to know why? No. Is it because you can give an erection to a man just by looking at him across the room? Because I remember that was your initial pitch. <laughs> it was a pretty good pitch. Yeah. <laughs> It caused yeah. quite a few tents to pitch, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, you go, you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Because of your mother and father. You were raised as a strict Catholic. You grew up sexually repressed. And what you're going to be looking for in a woman more than anything else is a woman who liberates you sexually, who makes you feel sexual. Nailed it. Do you really think that you can be with just anybody? What you are with me. Best sex you have ever had, will ever have. You'll get it right here. Nowhere even close. Damn. And whether you want to admit that to yourself or not, it's important to you. That's such a... Jury's back. I mean, she might be right about sex, but that's obviously not all Jimmy wants. 
Jimmy wants more than just that. And I, I, I have mixed feelings about the color on, like, just from the writing of the character that she is so universally focused on sex. And I, that is, like, her only power source. Because she's got a lot more to offer than just that. Yeah, but I think that they've set that table in previous episodes of that character. That sex no, 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 is it, sort it's, of a it's driving force. It's entirely consistent. What but I I'm think, just not... No, go ahead. What I think is really cool so far, and like, I know we do a lot of stopping and starting, so I don't know where things are going. You have a little bit more of a context. However, that easily, in lesser hands, could have delved into what I had just set up five minutes ago, an insidious sort of crazy take. Right. But she played it with this hurtness that like that's her go-to, right? When she's hurt, when her feel when she's emotionally kind of feels attacked or feels weak yeah, she, or she hurt. wields the power. Yeah, which is what I yeah. got from that, not crazy cross out eyes, right? Which I think is was sh- showed a lot of pain and hurt, which Clearly, what you would expect when someone comes in and just basically tells you you're too old, I want something different. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, I I think you may have uh, uh, made my point moot because I because we're I'm interpreting that from a character sort of standing flat footed, mm-hmm. but she's just been hurt, and, and because she's so strong, like you forget that she is also capable of being hurt, and I would understand why she would use that weapon. You know, both because it's Jimmy's weak spot, but also because there's there's an age element, and she gets some of yeah, the power. Yeah, and if you remember the the, the, the most sexual em- dynamics, the most emotional we've ever seen her is when she showed up in Jimmy's apartment. You know, sexually aggressive, but then when he calls her on it, she's like, she "I admits just yeah, I don't know the, how to tell a man that I like him, that I miss him, yeah. and this is how I do it." So yeah, all right, I I retract my statement. Watch the next scene. She's crossing his eyes out and <laughs> loading the gun up. So the jury's back in the egg case, I guess. No, the egg case already, already got... Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. The murder case. The now murder case. Right. Helen is going to watch. Will the defendant please rise? Man. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? Commonwealth versus Louise Morgan on the charge of attempted murder. We find the defendant, Louise Morgan, not guilty. <sighs> Jason Kravitz cannot catch a break or win a case. We're adjourned. He does not <sighs> look real. Helen feels bad for him. Dead air you know, I'm still show. having trouble with my garage door. Maybe you can be there to open it when I get home. All right, Louise. I mean, the amount of abuse hurled at yeah. Richard Bay is extraordinary. It's stacked against us sometimes. Little old ladies. I like them as friends. I wish they didn't keep putting the romantic element into it. I want to run every member of that jury through the computer. If there's an outstanding ticket, I'm going to impound their cars. I do like the color of Helen as the compassionate voice. I mean it, Helen. Yes. Let's go. I think they couldn't find a way to make her. You know, this morning I was sorry I kicked Eleanor. Now I'm not. I'm glad I kicked her. Okay. 
I mean so it. So they sort of shifted her and brought in a, I think, a very worthy antagonist in Richard. Susan. Hey, am I early? No, I... No. Okay, I made a reservation at Tiger Lily's. Have you ever been? No. Susan, uh... Is he gonna break up with her now? My unfinished business. It's still unfinished. Okay. Does that preclude lunch? Well, the thing is, I don't think I want to finish it. I'm... I'm still involved. At least Jimmy is, like, being honorable about yeah. how he's handling it. You know how terrific I think you are. Jimmy, don't insult me by putting a ribbon. I get it. Better I get it now than after I went down a path. This is what I'm thinking. Well, again. Would have been better for him if she'd come to that conclusion before he broke up yeah. with his girlfriend? Uh, Bye, yeah. Look, she had a pretty good closing. Bye. Oh, and Kittleson uh, is witnessing. Yeah, you knew that was coming. You knew it was yep. coming. She kisses him on the face as a goodbye, but Kittleson now is going to have to murder her in her sleep. I'm heading down. I mean, Jimmy you. doesn't know that she's right behind him. She's like, <laughs> like three feet. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, well, boy. look, it, look, blocking this is hard. They are on a four by three yeah. screen. They got to get it all in. Oh, no. She's got crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. And she's got stabby oh, music. Stabby music, crazy eyes. Zoom in. Oh, we've done the full 360. Uh, we... <laughs> Are we going to have a return of Crazy Gettleson? No, What's crazy happening? Gettleson. And there we have it. What is happening? So Jimmy broke up with his girlfriend, then broke up with his p old ex-girlfriend, who was his 32nd new girlfriend, in order to reconcile with his 30 seconds ago girlfriend, who now has become potentially murdersome again. There's Jimmy has gone on a journey. He Ooh. has been on a ride today. And I never thought when we started, Keith, that it wouldn't be Dylan McDermott in the love triangle. No. No, it's Jimmy Berluti. It's Berludi. Jimmy Berluti. Yes, indeed. And you know how we finish? Jackie Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice <laughs> podcast in unofficial. It didn't make any sense. I just said words. Association yeah. with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present. Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? It's a fake award show that historians will look back on 20 years from now and know that we held on to our integrity. Starting with... Most Hmm. 
Well, <laughs> this is difficult in a few ways. Because Eleanor won her case in our results-oriented universe, but mm -hmm. she also, like, kind of killed a guy? I? Uh, no. Here, I'm going to... Yeah, let you close for Eleanor. What is a lawyer's job? A lawyer's job is to win the case. It is to vigorously defend her defendant. Not only did she win, if you, if you want to look at the results portion of this, she won. But she also, as part of her lawyering, killed off the witness, <laughs> thus making her case more likely to succeed. So she was a good litigator. She was a good killer. She did everything right. Yeah, but both her and Richard Bay behaved like two school bratty schoolchildren, kicking and bitching and moaning. And one of them, it worked out for, and one of them it didn't. All right, See, well, all of Bay's noise did not help his client, the people of Boston. Well, Her noise how helped about, kill off the witness. But what about Jimmy Berluti, who didn't have to kill off anybody? All he had to do was defend his ex-girlfriend and then get her her cash money. Pshaw. He didn't kill anybody. That's not exciting. Nah, he didn't. But I still think that he was the best lawyer because he had to argue against his own even morals and made some great legal justifications for the behavior that was taking place and won the case. All right, fine. You, you want to vote for most moral lawyer. <laughs> well, I don't know most. He definitely has the most, whether they're right or wrong, I guess. Um, yeah, okay. Well, so I guess we're split. Congratulations to Jimmy Berluti and Eleanor Frucht with your fake awards. Coming up now. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to, to go. go. And you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. I think this is two episodes in a row. He's just knocked it out of the park. Unfortunately, he didn't quite get the nod last week, but this week I would like to happily hand my oopsie for best guest actor to Jason Kravitz as ADA Richard Bay. Ooh, that's a good one. It's so funny. In my head, I was debating between Christine Tucci and Holland Taylor. Both great. We were both great. But you know what? I think I think you have you have turned the jury in my head. And made me remember that awesome monologue at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and I really liked the uh, the beat of softness from him. So, yes, I agree. Congratulations, Jason Kravitz, on your best guest actor. Oopsie. Now it's time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case. But you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. I think Eleanor had a great turn this episode. So did Helen. They both had really excellent parts to this episode. I still think it's it's uh, Michael Badalucco's episode. I think it's a Jimmy episode, and I think that he had a lot of hurdles to jump and a lot of different things to play. And I always kind of 
cede my choice to someone who had the most, uh, had to show the kind of most diversity in his performance. So I want to go with Michael Badalucco here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think other, I, I think Cameron had a great moment when she realized she'd murdered somebody. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's that. But yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely Michael's episode. I think, he, I think he did a great job, you know, again, with the complexities of Jimmy, where he's, uh, he can be a bit of a dum-dum, he can be conservative he can be a bit of a jerk but he's also shows a lot of heart and i you know the the piece of him his decision making was interesting in this episode and i thought michael played that really well so congratulations michael Baruco, for your oopsie award coming up next the tom brady award for being tom brady was very distracted last week. I really missed an opportunity, so I'm going to right another wrong. I think that I mentioned it in the like credits as they rolled out, but it was kind of a, it seems insignificant in the grand scheme, but we did get back to space. We launched, does. we launched our, you know, the, the Falcon 9 and the new uh, SpaceX. Re- re- SpaceX replacement for the shuttle, which is really awesome tech, <laughs> really Really awesome tech. Although, interestingly, they only shot it at 720p, which seems completely inadequate. That's ridiculous. Yeah, should at least be 1080. But anyway, uh, what the other only right that should have been wronged is that it should have been hero of the Out of Practice podcast, Tom Brady, that was in that shuttle. So I would like to make this week's Out of Practice podcast Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady for SpaceX Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, Sleepy Tom Brady allowed me to Photoshop a binky onto a sleeping Tom Brady, which it was pretty I, awesome. I enjoyed. So, uh, okay, well, congratulations, SpaceX Tom Brady, for your Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So I really liked the sort of soap opera arcs from this episode. I do like the sort of central lore of the show, and I like to know what's going on with personal lives and the dating. I know that sometimes you're not always in love with that stuff, Keith. I hate them, yes. Uh, but I do enjoy it. I think it's what really makes, really ties us to these characters, and I'd like to see what knots David e. Kelly ties himself into and that he's got to undo in future episodes <laughs> or double down on. But I will say that both of the cases this week, the actual cases, were pretty weak in my opinion. The murder, quote-unquote, case, the twist is sort of the central part of it. We don't even get a lot of, like like we said, it's so general, the running over and how far, and it's hard to get a read on it. So the only kind of twist is the twist. So that was kind of meh. Which they telegraphed like a thousand times. Yeah, we were waiting for it. Also... The other case, like I said, just felt a little anachronistic to me and seemed more like it was just serving as a catalyst for the Jimmy relationship arc. Right. So I felt like they both got sort of shortlisted uh, and just not really thought out and not particularly interesting. And so the episode suffers for that, in my opinion. And so it's middling. My feelings are middling. Obviously, I love the show. I love the acting. The casting was great. Even our guest, even the guest stars who were on the show, Jenny O'Hara, she got like two scenes, two three scenes, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even though Susan Fennick was excellent, uh, uh, Christina Christine Tucci as Susan Fennick was great, but she didn't. 
And well, she did get to stand up for herself. So I'm glad she was written at least a little more three-dimensionally than, than could have been the case. Yeah. Regardless, it's a meh for me, but it's still good. So I'm going to give it a 6.75. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's about right. There were a couple of scenes that I liked. Uh, I liked um, Susan's character, like, you know, standing up for herself and sort of pinning Jimmy to the wall a little bit. But yeah, I, this was sort of a bleh episode. Um, it felt about as half-baked as its title. Mm. Because now on the second watching it, oh, I yeah. finally you catch get it? what it means. Okay, because I do not. It's Bay as in Jason, as in uh, as in Bay, the character. So like I, Richard Bay, like I, okay, you got the character's name into it, but oh. it doesn't. It's really half baked and not Oof. really fully thought through. And uh, yeah, so I I think it was just if I were rewatching the practice, I might just skip this episode because it it just sort of takes up time. <laughs> so I'm going to but but there wasn't anything like horrible in it. No. It, it wasn't it wasn't like a uh uh sex lies and monkeys. Actually just the title alone is I, I'm moving down to a six point five. That really that's that's bad. Six point five is my spare tires. Yeah, yeah. So uh I'm gonna give it six spare tires all right, there uh, you go, six point two five. You know, meh, meh, meh. Well, folks, if you <laughs> also felt meh about this episode, write us and tell us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Shout it out on social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a meh review on Apple Podcasts, and we will welcome you into the jury. Also, you can give us money uh, that we will use to keep bringing you meh episodes of Out of Practice <laughs> Podcast. You can do so by hitting up one of the two links in our show notes. One, to give a one-time donation of any amount you can handle, or to become a sustaining founding sponsor. There'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. Wow, yeah, we... give us a meh amount of money. Yeah. You know, it's it's pay what you will, pay what you can, pay what you think we deserve. So I guess maybe maybe not what we deserve. But... I, I think maybe people are. <laughs> ah, yeah. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Give us more than we deserve. Listen, but folks, I... don't forget there's still a pandemic out there. Still wash your hands. Still wear your masks out of respect for others to help prevent the spread. And do your best to help out. Fill more time with some meh lasers. Laser sounds, whatever. Laser sounds.